Hi guys and welcome back to Mummy Jojo Uncut Mojo Injection episode 18. What a week it has been. I can say I survived the half marathon. Can I get a whoop? That took mental strength. Um, it was scary. It was a trigger for the anxiety because I'd had three weeks pretty much out of exercise trying to get well for it and then I just hammered my body with the half marathon and um, shocked the system but I'm really glad I got to do it I've recovered now I've basically given my body a real rest this week loads of good food walking the school runs pretty much been my exercise some days I have four school runs a day on top of managing life at MJ and all that involves and all the great people I get to meet and two of those great people are Barry and Ruth from Get Honed. And I can honestly say I loved listening back to this podcast. It's so good. Um, I'm just gutted I didn't get Barry to sing closer to the mic because his voice is so good for the karaoke. And you can hear him, though, if you listen carefully. Um, so, yeah, Barry and Ruth are creating a lot of noise on Instagram at the moment. What they offer is really quite unique. Um powered by science. Uh, Ruth will call herself a geek but um, it's a mixture of counselling and personal training. Gary's an ex-athlete and so you'll hear loads of exciting chat and inspirational chat from him today and also Ruth and we cover some deep topics so I know this is going to help so many and I'm just absolutely thrilled to have you all here. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for all of you that keep tuning in. Bonnie can you just come and say a big thank you to everyone that keeps listening to the podcast week in and week Thank you so much. Have you watched the podcast? Have you lost your voice a bit, darling? Yeah. And, Mum, are you going to play this fishy game? That sounds like a great idea. Right, I'm going to have to go and play the fishy game now. It's a really cool game. It's what um, my boyfriend got Bonnie's me. boyfriend got it for her birthday. Um, but I'm going to leave you with Barry and Ruth and myself steering the conversation all about the mojo um, and a lot of taboo topics and... What are your thoughts on Love Island? I would love to hear. Please let me know. To have you both here. Uh, it looks like we're all rocking. So thank good. you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. Yeah, good to be here. It's really cool to meet you both. You're both very stylish. <laughs> I have to say. That's a very kind thing to say. I think we both saw each other today and went a bit tired. Oh, no. I think you both look really cool. Mm, my wife hates this t-shirt. Does she? Yeah, yeah, Terrible yeah. taste. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I guess for Instagram as well, because your Instagram post is beautiful. And oh, thank I think you. It's really exciting what you're doing and we'll go into your story and we'll chat about everything. But yeah, I see your Instagram account and I think that gives a really good snapshot it kind of lures people in yes don't you feel like social media is just crazy oh it's bonkers it's absolutely it's bonkers absolutely bonkers i don't have any personal social media at all i have nothing of my own you have a few bits and pieces but nothing yeah i've got my own personal facebook account and personal instagram accounts but yeah i've toyed around with a couple other things but <laughs> Yeah, this is the best looking one. <laughs> this is the most user friendly one for us. Is Instagram where you're going to focus more from a social media platform if people want to tune in? Yeah, definitely. I think if you want to tune in, it's going to be Instagram. I think just for who we want to work with and what we're kind of want to promote and show and get people engaged in what we're doing. Yeah. I think it's almost the best platform for that. What would you say? Yeah, and there's going to be links to the website as well, which is. Yeah. Yes. It's, currently under uh, construction, under construction yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's already looking 
pretty good as well. Yeah. So yeah. there'll be direct links to that and then people can find out more. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's very exciting. Because you guys have known each other a few years now. When did you officially set up? Oh, that's a good question. Six months ago? Yeah, wow. I was going to say six. Yeah, yeah, roughly, about six months ago. We, we've been talking about it for a long time and did that thing where we could just kind of have to give each other a bit of kick up the arse and be like, if we don't do it now, it's never going to happen. Because when is the right time for these things? Exactly. It's never the right time no. for anything. For any, literally for anything. But yes. The, the right time is not when you're just about to give birth. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's not the right time. <laughs> but you sleep a lot at the start. I mean, people say this, but there ain't been no sleeping in my house at the moment. Baby likes to like kick the mattress to wake me up, so. Yeah, but yeah. once they're out, I mean, <laughs> you can be, I had loads of time on my phone. Charlie, all Charlie did was feed. Aww. He was attached to my boobs. So I, I had loads of time, so your Instagram, I mean, you'll have plenty of time to jazz that up. Yeah, definitely. And I think it, it freaks you out at the moment because, um, a lot of the shots that I do of food and of nutritional stuff, it yeah. does involve me standing on a chair. Oh, really? Oh, you'll need to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm getting you texts like, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Get off yeah, the I did at the start, I was like, how's she taking that picture? <laughs> she's not that tall. I was like, she's heavily pregnant and she's got a foot like straddling each chair. <laughs> It's the most unsafe thing you think about doing when you're pregnant. Yeah. That is passion. The lens you're going to. Yeah. But yeah, you've got you've got to be careful. Gotta be careful. Listen to his advice. We yeah, we're not very good at doing that with each other. <laughs> we're good at telling each other off, but yeah. not great at listening to each other until a little bit further down the line. Oh. Takes a little while. Well, I think it's it's great that you get on. It's great. I mean, your backgrounds are both very different, but very interesting. Who very wants different. to go first? Barry, do you want to talk a little bit about yeah. your background first? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> we've got, an, we've got an, a proper athlete here. I mean, this guy is strong. <laughs> He's all right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> He'll do. <laughs> I'm withering now. I'm getting older. Um, where did I start? Um... I think what we've, we've spoken about uh, in the past uh, is when I was at school, I didn't have the best times at school. Okay. Um, I felt quite bullied uh, as a kid. Kids are mean. Kids can be assholes, can be can't they? Mean. Kids are mean. Yeah. I think I was quite an odd looking little kid as well. I was quite a sharp featured little little boy, but I was quite a sensitive little Aww. boy as well. So I got two things really hard. Yeah. Um, but all through that time, I was at the same time quite gifted, mm-hmm. um, so I had, whereas in one hand I was getting bullied for the way I looked, mm-hmm. uh, on the other hand I was becoming quite popular because I was very quick, I was very athletic, mm-hmm. um, and all those things, that's what I clung on to basically for, for quite a long time. And I, think, I don't know if I've posted that Instagram post yet, but... It's coming if it's not there. It's, it's, not, <laughs> it's coming. But, um, Growing up in that sort of eighties period, like my idols were like Sylvester Stallone and yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and like all these massive guys. Mm-hmm. And what I was clinging on to at that point was like I want to look like that. Like, right. And I was severely influenced. I still sort of am. Like if I listen to like what we were talking about, the scores or like Hans Zimmer or things like that, mm. I can still hear like the actor's voice in the background. I still remember films when I hear music. Yeah. Like I was still heavily influenced as a kid like that. So if Rocky came on, I was like, if it, it was late at night, I'd be up. Like I'd be, be ready to go. But 
So I sort of clung on to that sort of thing, but I think that's partly the, for some of these posts, this unrealistic aim mm-hmm. to try and look like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a lot of what social media is about. It's, yeah. There's a lot of clickbait. And, uh, well, it's a lot of that correlation that we were speaking about, that correlation of if you look a certain way, it therefore promotes a lifestyle and therefore promotes a mindset and it therefore mm-hmm. promotes all these different things in your life. And like you were saying, mm-hmm. when you were a kid, you were kind of looking at these guys as a kid who was struggling in some ways and not in others and looking at these kind of just ginormous men being like, well, hold on, they get the girl and they can beat up the bad guys and mm-hmm. how do I do that? Is that how I do that? Is it by looking like that? Yeah, and it's uh, being completely unaware of what performance enhancing drugs <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that they're taking at the same yeah, time. Yeah. And for me, I was really thin mm-hmm. uh, when I was younger, even though quite athletic, really thin. Mm-hmm. Um, for me to try and look like that was just an unrealistic goal. Yeah. But I used, I stuck with the sport and um, I was doing, it wasn't like today, so it's not like, like, like you go into primary schools now, there's lots of opportunities going yeah, on. Yeah, lots, so lots many, almost too many. So many, yeah. yeah. So back then, like, you, you did what your school offered, which mm-hmm. was just football. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then as I got older, like, I was advancing in some other sports, um, and it was just by chance that volleyball came along quite late on. Yeah. Um, relatively late, so I was like 17, 18. Okay. Uh, and then quickly made some progress, and I was in, in the British camps uh, as an indoor player, and my, to cut a long story short, my career in volleyball lasted maybe about 20 years. Wow. Uh, but quite unique in some sense for me as a, as a Scottish player, I became a British indoor player for a relatively short period of time leading up to the Olympics Mm -hmm. Um, and then I made the jump into British beach volleyball so I've done both disciplines yeah okay um, and as well as being a Scottish beach player what was harder the beach or the indoor stuff um they're they're very different like the the indoor stuff because you've got another five players on court with you Mm-hmm. Um, they take up a bit of space. It's a bit more structured. Okay. Um, but then when you go on to beaches, beaches are sort of viewed as that glamorous side of things. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Yeah, it's, not. it's, it's like <laughs> shades on and your, your shorts on, the sun's out. Sandy and, hair. And yeah, and I mean, that, that, that's what people they sort of view and, and it's a very stereotypical. Yeah. Uh, they don't see all the sand in the car. Sand in your eyelids <laughs> yeah. at four in the morning that wakes you up. Yeah. It's not fun. Sand's not fun. <laughs> um, if I'm honest, um, I preferred the sand, mm-hmm. but I made a bit of a judgmental error um, because I could have went to the Olympics because I was top of my game at that point. Mm-hmm. Statistically, I was out doing other people in that position and I've made the jump to go. Wow. Um, so it was a, I do regret that a little bit but the life that I had uh, doing the beach for a few years and can then continue to do, uh, it, was, it was good fun. Amazing. And what did you do after that? Well, I didn't, it wasn't too long ago that I gave it up oh. to be honest. I went on and coached. Uh, I've always sort of been coaching. Mm-hmm. I started coaching indoor uh, as soon as, almost as soon as I started playing it, so I was always learning. Okay. Um, so 
from a coaching perspective at Pinnacle was I went to the Commonwealth Games uh, with two of our top Scottish athletes mm. uh, earlier in the year, which was just phenomenal. Australia wow. was just phenomenal. Gold Coast. Wow. Uh, and we hit our targets. Um, we did all we said we were going to do. Um, you did really well. So you were a brilliant coach then. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's that's always been something that I thought I've always invested in it from such a young age Yeah. Uh, to coach anything. I feel like I can coach anything. What key skills do you believe make an amazing coach? For me, I analyse details of skill. Um, when I see something, I can keep replaying it in my head okay. and keep then spotting the, the, the errors or the, the good things that are there and then it's about that motivation how do you keep someone going how do you keep sustaining that performance okay yeah so i'm, I'm not too bad at those sort of things and i Must think you're good with that in your personal training though as well you're really good at looking at a client and seeing okay that's what you're really good at and how can we hone that in a little bit but also what hone do you in, yeah no, I was just going to uh, say you know, <laughs> I dropped in really well I mean that's a skill in itself <laughs> but no but genuinely you're really good at that and you hone in on what people are already good at and what their skills are but also you look at well actually what could you improve on elsewhere because there's a lot of things that you say you maybe can't do or haven't done before but actually I can see your potential in that and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. how, how to increase that or how to improve that yeah, so a lot of people walk through the door uh, for personal training and, and sometimes quite unrealistic mm-hmm. in what they're trying to achieve. And such, you get very typical clients that come through the door and say, I've got a holiday coming up in two months. <laughs> yeah. I have to lose X amount of weight. Mm-hmm. And you know, they go, how are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, is it realistic? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has to be something manageable, has to be sustainable not something you're going to crash diet mm-hmm. uh, in such a short period of time and then all of a sudden find that you can't continue doing that yeah mm-hmm. um, and then all of a sudden you get that rebound effect mm-hmm. and i really do despise this let's get ready for the summer yeah I'm let's get your beach body uh oh after christmas and new year oh have you overindulged and it's just yes. it's that cycle of stuff i'd rather mm. let's just keep a good lifestyle yeah with the odds I I struggle because in the summer holidays and I put an article out last week about getting back into a routine I always put a bit of weight on over the summer because I've got the kids I've less time to train um, we're eating out more and I never beat myself up about that because we've had these great memories but then Mm. it's right let's get focused for the majority of the year stick to a routine do a regular exercise upper vegetables have a water try and it's a prep as well though you know to get that lifestyle how you're feeling though as well like you're yeah. saying your routine changes in the summer and mm-hmm. like you're saying you have all these great memories and yeah. all these amazing things happen and i think it's finding that balance as well because you can look absolutely bloody amazing you know yeah. i i think I, I think that becomes a real problem because a lot of the people that you'll see online and that i've worked with in the past you know you'd look at them and think wow you look incredible but actually they're in very unhealthy and very unhappy and yeah. the routine that they've set for themselves is not sustainable you know they're yeah. never going to sustain it and the only way they can sustain it is through you know crazy diets and um 
you know, you know, performance enhancing drugs and all appetite suppressants is a big topic. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. Just uh, actually speak about that in the book. Any <laughs> specific? <laughs> was it the Kardashians were promoting them or something? Yeah. Oh, it's just awful. Oh, it's terrible. And it's um, yeah. And again, it's that correlation between if you look this way, this is a lifestyle you will lead. But actually, it's the complete opposite. You know, mm-hmm. it really is. And we've had a lot of I was going to say conversations, but it really is just rants <laughs> <laughs> about that. Yeah, there's so much out there that if you do X, Y, and Z, you can look like me. Yeah. yeah. And it's... I always say that social media is one of these things that nobody ever puts up negative things. Mm. If it be Facebook or Instagram, it's all about positive, positive. Look at me, look at this, look at my lifestyle. Mm. Uh, and, and if anyone does put up anything on Facebook, it's a bit negative oh I had a really terrible day today people are like shut up <laughs> nobody actually wants to read it mm-hmm. why Why are they putting that up on Facebook mm-hmm. why would they do this why would they do that and it has to be this sort of the cream off the top of what your life may possibly be but yeah. it's, that's not reality yeah. and that's in a nutshell that's what Instagram is yeah it's look at this, look how great that this all looks. And it's just constant click. Yeah. Well, I like the way that person looks. I like the way that car yeah. looks. Yeah. Uh, click, 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 click. Yeah. And we have had that conversation as well where we've been so frustrated some days and just tired and grumpy and had a bit of a rant about... <laughs> that never happens. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we have. We had a bit of a rant about the idea that the reality is that if you go on Instagram and take your clothes off and you look relatively fit, I mean, not if you look 38 weeks pregnant, but... I haven't always been 30 weeks pregnant, but you know, if you, you look do, amazing, thank you. I don't feel amazing. I really appreciate that. Oh, you look at you look incredible, <laughs> honestly. Total babe, get on that Instagram, <laughs> see some of these pics. Uh, <laughs> just totally contradicting what we're saying. <laughs> but it's it's true. It's the thing that we're both kind of said. Well, actually, if we went on and just took all our clothes off and promoted a lifestyle that we don't actually lead, which I have. I mean, that's a whole different story, but that was my life before that I, way back in the day, years and years ago, I did become a bit of an influencer a long time ago, and yeah. I had a lot of followers, and people approached me about making money, but actually in the back of it, I was very unwell, and I was very unhealthy and unhappy, and yeah, yeah. I probably looked bloody brilliant, but yeah. I felt awful. Yeah, and the amount of people I've met that say that to me, that like, yeah. oh, I was on a cut or something yeah. like that, and they were miserable. miserable. I know the, the times I've been the lightest over my life. I've been the most miserable. Yeah, um, yeah. When Scott and I went on a break in 2009, I dropped half a stone wow. in a week or a few days. Yeah. I looked amazing when I met, went to meet him to have the discussion if we were staying together or not. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, check you out. But I hadn't been eating. I yeah. was so sad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, our weight can fluctuate like the stock market. Oh, and um, it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of bullshit out there and oh, it's, it's, it's building communities. Yes. So I guess your background, Ruth, you've had a really fascinating life too it's not as interesting as (laughs) Paris it's a great combination though yeah no we we think so she definitely wins in the degree count yeah yeah so tell tell people a little bit more about your counselling and your mental health work yeah so I started off I did an undergrad in criminology and psychology and I loved it I absolutely I'm a I'm a bit of a geek 
for those who know me well. Mm-hmm. Love a geek. I'm a total geek. Geek I, means passion though, does it not? I mean, in my mind, it means passion. It also means I just bombard Barry with like Guardian articles and like podcasts and he will never listen to them or read them because he's like, so that's... True. <laughs> Because you're like, they're really, <laughs> they're really boring. <laughs> but um, no, all joking aside, I, I loved it. I love what I did. I was really fascinated by the mental health side of things. I was very interested in why people do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went on and thought, okay, I'm going to become a clinical psychologist. I think that's what I want to do. I want to become a clinical psychologist. And I wanna, that's, that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. So I took a job, an amazing job, I have to say, working in a city that I don't like, <laughs> in Aberdeen. The job was amazing. Did not like living in Aberdeen. Um, the grey town, did oh, you call it? The granite city. Oh, that's the one, Just yeah. awful. Just awful. Sorry to anybody who likes, or comes from Aberdeen. Sorry. <laughs> it's just not my cup of tea. Um, but yeah, it was very far away from a lot of people that I loved and that I was close to, and I felt quite isolated. But the job itself was amazing, and I made some one of my best friends I made in that job. So Aww. yeah, that was lovely. But yeah, I worked um, in mental health, and I worked basically with um, clients who had been essentially institutionalized in locked wards or in high high you know high intensity wards for a long period of time, and we worked with quite complex needs, so schizophrenia, personality disorders. But with kind of um, secondary things, kind of up over below that, so eating disorders on top of that, maybe autism. So very complex needs for these clients who were looking to reintegrate out of hospital back into society. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I mean, I can't see enough. I won't say who I worked for, but yeah, I can't see enough good things about that job and the hospital and the staff and just it was it was wonderful. And I think what really got me was that it felt very not the work that I did, but a lot of the medical side of things felt very dehumanising. Okay. And I felt, oh, we're really boxing people here and we're really labelling people and punching medication to people. And yes, a lot of the people that we worked with were um, needed it. You know, they, they really relied on clozapine, you know, whatever they were taking to help them curb their symptoms. But on other hands, it felt like some of these med sheets were like reams long and actually, why are they taking all this stuff and where is this going and how is this improving their lifestyle and their... A lot of them were very unhealthy and very unfit and they hadn't had the opportunity to kind of spread their rings and see what do I like to do, what do I enjoy to eat and yeah. So I love that job but I think I very quickly realised, I was in that for quite a few years and I realised actually I don't think I want to go into clinical psychology, mm-hmm. I don't think I want to diagnose people um, and I think I got to a point where kind of in the background of this my own mental health had not been great Mm -hmm. and I was very reluctant to have a label myself because I felt so strongly about it and I really sat and went I don't want to be labeled I know what's wrong with me it's very evident to me what's wrong with me Mm -hmm. and I had every check marker for body dysmorphia and I knew that and I was really really struggling I was going to the gym maybe five times a week I was I was definitely in a calorie deficit. I wasn't eating enough. Um, I yeah, I was very very unhealthy and unhappy. And yeah, I probably looked amazing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I felt horrendous. How many um, calories were you consuming a day? God, that's a really good question. I do you know what I really don't know. It, Could you give us like an average of what you would eat? Oh God, I don't. I'm not a calorie counter, so I'm not sure. But um, I was quite bad. I mean, I was probably having like a smoothie for breakfast. I was having something which probably on the surface looked very healthy for lunch, but mm-hmm. actually was very low in calories. Yeah. And then same with dinner. And that would probably be about it. Yeah. Um, no snacks. Yeah, I'd, I I mean, I'm a grazer. Anybody who knows me, <laughs> I'm a grazer, I'm a snacker. I love um, food. I love food. I love food. And I'm a big cook. And yeah, so I was just in a really, 
really not a very good place and yeah I had just a bit of a breakdown on I think Union Street in Aberdeen one night I was walking to the gym mm. and I just had an absolute wobble and oh. yeah I just thought I actually can't do this anymore and I think I'd pulled out my phone and I was I'd become big on Instagram which sounds mm. really like a strange thing to say but I suddenly had thousands of followers like mm. I mean a big number of followers mm. And they were all, suddenly I took out my phone and I had all these girls on one hand messaging me saying, oh, how do you look like that? What's oh. your workout routine? What do you eat? And then on the other hand, I had all these other girls who, some of them are still very big and obviously wouldn't name, but they were just as unwell as I was. Mm-hmm. And some of them would be going into hospital, be getting sectioned, be going to hospital because they were so unwell, mm-hmm. but nobody would know and they'd still be posting content and giving people advice. Oh, right. Yeah. That's scary. It's very scary. And I kind of stepped, I just, I stepped back on that. I think I just literally on Union Street Aberdeen, I stepped back and thought, oh my God, I can't be part of this anymore. This mm-hmm. is so unhealthy and I'm so unhappy and I have mm-hmm. to stop this. This can't kind of go on. And I was really lucky that um, through my work, I got counselling. I was able to just sign up for it, which was incredible. So if anybody does get um, counselling through their work, I would encourage you to do it because it's a valuable asset. But um yeah, I went and spoke to my boss, who my boss was absolutely lovely, and I said, look, I think I need to sign up for this. I need to speak to somebody. I'm not happy. I'm going into a really dark place. And they were amazing. I had the most wonderful counsellor, and yeah, she was just brilliant, and she really helped me figure out where I was at and what I was doing, and figure out a lot of things in my own headspace and yeah. after that I kind of stepped back and thought that's what I want to do amazing that, sometimes it, it takes that you think I now 100%. have the power and experience yes to help other people yeah and that wasn't my only dealing with counseling I mean, I've been to counseling numerous times throughout my life mm-hmm. and um not always when I've been at crisis point sometimes I've just gone because I've been like actually I feel like I'm gonna have a bit of a wobble and I think I need to just air this and get it out and then yeah that's it dealt with and I think that's a big thing about counseling for me is that don't go when it reaches crisis point. Mm-hmm. Don't let don't let it go that far. Yeah. Um. I think there's a real misperception that you have to go to counselling when it gets that bad. Yeah. It's see to it before. Exactly. I always say, and in chapter two, I, I speak about your cup, and when you let it get too oh, empty, yes. and it can creep up on you, mm-hmm. and then when you get to that point, that's when you start just doing that, or you break down, or you're. There's so many different ways it can massively show in people. For me, it was a friend who'd come around with anxiety and I, I'm normally the one that people can talk to and I give out the mojo injection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just broke down in tears and she got such a fright. She was yeah. like, Joe, what's wrong? And I said, I'm just so tired. And uh, I'm, you know, I had a young child who was really young and I felt guilty for Bonnie and my dad was in hospital. Mm. And it was just, it was a build-up. Yeah, yeah. build-up. And that's it. I was drinking wine. Yeah. And, and the alcohol, the power of that, the power of too much caffeine, not eating enough, not yeah. eating the right food, not moving, not getting exercise, all these things. Yeah. But sometimes people just need a bit of guidance as well. Totally. Which is why it's great what you're doing because you both really complement each other with your skills. Mm. You're able to, to offer so much to people. Yeah. And I think we're both quite open and we've always been quite honest about our own challenges and struggles. I think it's important that people know that we are human. Yeah. and that we're not perfect and that we're not Instagram stars or you know <laughs> we don't we don't look great all the time uh and yeah body dysmorphia thing is something that we, I think we both spoke about quite yeah. early on oh yeah for sure and um, because I don't think it, were you 
diagnosis? No, I mean, that was a big thing for me that I know I have it and I know I had it and I know it's what something that I... What does someone's never heard? So body dysmorphia, it lives on a bit of a spectrum, I would say. Would you agree with that? Like yeah. most other things. Um, it's the idea that one would look at themselves and a lot of people with body dysmorphia will see perceived flaws and they will focus on those perceived flaws and that can spiral into lots of different things. Eating disorders, um, over-exercise... Yeah. Um, oh crikey, yeah, plastic surgery um, a lot of people who have quite extreme body dysmorphia will resort to very extreme plastic surgery um, on in you know the private sector and yeah so it lives like any other mental health condition it would live on a bit of a spectrum but I think what people say is that you can't recover from body dysmorphia and I would really disagree with that because that's not been my experience at all is that I was able to step back and go well yeah I am, that's me and I'm struggling with that and I hate having my photo taken and I can't look in the mirror without picking something out. And yeah, like you said, that's something that we both spoke about very early on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I got rid of all the mirrors in the house mm. uh, when I was younger. wouldn't have one, yeah, oh. just in case I caught a glimpse. Mm. Uh, but I think it, it developed from there to... Have you ever looked in the mirror like one morning and gone, God, I'm getting quite out of shape I need to go to the gym mm. I go to the gym come back oh, I'm looking much better <laughs> it's, yeah. that, it's, it's, it's obviously impossible yeah. to like, go to the gym that same day and then that night go oh, I'm feeling much better about yeah. myself but that's impossible it's all just in your head yeah, yeah it's funny that isn't it yeah mm. and it's and like you're saying it's all in your head and I think it's there's something there in counselling and personal training and with eating as well it's about identifying your triggers and figuring out what triggers you, what puts you in that space, how can you either avoid those triggers or manage them when they happen? Because that's life. I mean, like I said, I've been to counselling numerous times and not because I was always in crisis, but because I could identify a trigger okay. and sit and go, actually, I can see this building and I know why it's building and I need to air this and I need to talk about it and get myself back into a better place again. Would you see the number one thing to do then when you feel the triggers coming on is to talk about it? 100%, yeah. And I think whether that's speaking to somebody professionally, speaking to somebody personally, I think we're quite good at that with each other. <laughs> I think it's a bit of a, a little bit of a stigma attached to going for counselling as oh, well. Oh, for to sure. To see that you've actually gone and done it. Yeah. People are like, mm, what's wrong with Something wrong with you, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think it's becoming a lot more acceptable now. Mm. Yeah, I would hope so. I would certainly like to think, but of course we're not all as open-minded and you will get people and, and yeah. sometimes comments that are just not productive. No. Yeah. They need to think before they talk. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, that's, yes, yes. <laughs> Don't we all? Um. <laughs> we're all, we can all be wasps and butterflies, is it? Oh, so for sure. We can all be. Yeah. And stress can probably make us a bit more of a wasp. Definitely. Heads, no, but, definitely. Um, and I think that's what we want to do a little bit in Honed, is that we want to change the perception of what it means to go for counselling or to yeah. go to see a personal trainer. Uh-huh. And not it's not about, like you were speaking about so well, about that kind of eight-week body blitz or, yeah, okay. you know, going to counselling because you've, you know, you're in total crisis. It's about catching things before they happen and actually saying, how do I change my lifestyle for the better? Mm-hmm. And is that that perception as well if you if you appear to be good looking aesthetically pleasing to the eye oh for sure you're okay inside too 100 percent. yeah oh they're good looking they must have a good life yeah yeah they must be feeling okay and it's it's not like that no no it doesn't discriminate and it's not just your looks it's your you know your family you could have beautiful kids and people say pull yourself together or you could be 
you know, have a lovely house or yeah. lovely car or, or whatever it is, people make these judgments yeah. about people. We all judge people. Yeah. But it's turning telling those thoughts to pipe down a little bit and it's yeah. like, oh, I have no idea about this person. Yeah. Or this person has a designer bag. Does that mean Michelle? No, you have no Yeah. People make up these thoughts in totally. their heads. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's it's a tricky one. So you, you kind of uh, making it a bit cooler. Yeah, we want to make it a bit more acceptable, a bit more accessible, a bit more normal. Because I think we were speaking about before that I think personal training, especially on, I mean, big chats about social media, but I mean, you've said this a lot, that it's a lot about I'm going to take my shirt off and flex my muscles and I'm going to make everybody else look like that. And we're all going to look the same and then we're all going to be able to do it. We've said, we said it. In fact, it was the other morning. Um, I can't remember, was it you sent me and I sent you. Oh, um, I don't know. There was a, an Instagram post from someone uh, and I didn't I didn't know who it was but obviously we're trying to get famous mm-hmm. uh, and there's a guy in the background and we both thought <laughs> we both thought it was Ollie Morris yeah, was we both it? Thought, <laughs> but then we went in and found out a bit more of this girl she actually looked I went and googled her you googled her yeah I found another girl with the same name and looked exactly the same exactly the same and we just thought it's a lot of that going on. People are starting to look the same. The same. There's like clones of people <laughs> yeah. on, on social media because this is the way people are maybe all going to plastic surgery. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Or want to look a specific, specific way. Specific way. Uh, to just to get that bit of fame. That yeah, get that five minutes. Yeah. My, um, yeah. And I think, I think of something we've spoken about a lot is that we want, especially with the personal training side of things, it's about allowing people to be an individual and saying it's not about you're not going to come out of this ripped like you're not going to come out of this like looking absolutely exactly yeah because well yeah because it's not healthy and it's not realistic and it's not sustainable and it's kind of the same with counseling that you know it's it's making it a bit more a little bit a little bit less shrouded in mystery you know because i think it is a little bit i think people think counseling is a bit a bit unacceptable and a bit odd and a bit strange but this is to find a better better view I suppose it's yeah. not trying to look like someone else you're trying to be someone else yeah. you're trying to be the best version of you yeah, yeah. so I'm if I'm going to the gym I'm not trying to look like Sylvester Stallone anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to just uh, try to feel better about myself and yeah. I think a lot of this is coming around to respect and that is something we keep coming back to mm. it's about respecting you respecting your body respecting yeah. your mind mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's all very well looking a particular way or maybe you're overweight or it, i'm all for like someone being content in themselves yeah but are, have you respected yourself along the way yeah to be in that position yeah because there's a big i think there is we had this chat yesterday i think there was a bit there's a big difference between body positivity and actually respecting your body and i think anybody can be body positive and i think that's great i think we're in this sphere now where actually we're talking a lot more about it and things are becoming a lot more acceptable and it would be so boring if we all look the same like we said we're seeing all these people on instagram and online and on tv i won't go on a love island rant (laughs) i promise Uh, oh terrible but um you know everybody looks the same and it's that's what we're really we're very much against the grain of that is that i think it's good to be body positive but there has to also be a balance and that obviously there's a lot of chat about um the cosmo cover it's cosmo isn't it tess holiday that yeah she's beautiful 
she's absolutely stunning she's a gorgeous gorgeous woman but she hasn't like she's not respecting her body so yeah she's confident she's body positive and i think that's fantastic but the reality is she's not healthy and that's okay and if that's her choice that's absolutely fine but i think there needs to be and you draw a comparison to that i was saying if you put yeah like a a really skinny anorexic woman on the front of the cosmo Mm -hmm. like ribs and bones all showing which is like the total opposite end of the scale to her would that be okay yeah if she was sitting saying i'm body positive it's really tricky and i think that's one thing that I, i always draw myself back to is that i have looked a lot better than i look now and i mean not eight months pregnant but like aside being almost full term i have looked a lot fitter and a lot more ripped and a lot more athletic than i do when i'm not pregnant at the moment um but i know that i'm a hell of a lot healthier now than i was then because i was really really unhealthy and I was not respecting my body and I was in a place where I was a quite dark place and um, so yeah I think there I know that's that's gonna be really controversial I'm pretty sure we're gonna get loads of comments about that but somebody had said it yesterday I won't name who it was on Instagram but I really thought it was yesterday the day before can't remember but somebody had said that on Instagram they he'd said that you know um, all bodies are beautiful but not all beautiful bodies are healthy was essentially what he'd said and we kind of sat and went we actually have a post going out about that next week, and we were like yes that's totally where we're at and he got absolutely slammed for it and i really felt for him because i thought well actually yeah i think the, the body positive movement's all about it's like respecting people it's yeah because i had danny here last week from Chachi Chachi Bar- yeah and she was saying and it's not just it's queer bodies it's yeah. um, different colors scars and yeah. weight and everything so her interpretation is it's respecting absolutely yes I mean, who am i to say to someone that has to be their decision 100 percent. i need help yeah and it's because because i've asked that question what if you're like clinic like you're clinically obese and you you say to someone you want to get some exercise or whatever and they say i'm happy they're happy they're body positive and they're fine and you think well actually that's okay if that's their choice then absolutely fine but they also have to accept that they're they're not healthy yeah and actually their risk of things like cancers heart disease alzheimer's yeah. is through the roof because they are going to be up there because 100 percent about um, genetic epigenetics expression. and yeah genetic I'd expression love to hear more about that with the Alzheimer's and the cancer yeah. research you looked into. Because I am a geek. I <laughs> I I finished my degree and then called Barry and was like, so I've, I've done it, I've finished it. I know I've moaned about it for about three years, but I finished it. I'm not doing another degree again, but I think I'm going to do this diploma in nutritional therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was delighted. Um, but... <laughs> But it was really interesting and I learned a lot and um, I learned, I got really into epigenetics and which is basically the science of genetic expression. So genetic expression is the idea that when we look at things like exercise, when we, whether it be under, over, a sustainable amount, mm-hmm. diet, um, positive psychology. So the way you think, so the way you think about yourself, the way you think about others, how you get out and about in green space, so parks essentially, um, how all these things can change the expression of your genes. So we're all born with a set of genes. They don't, they don't change. They don't, they don't morph. Um, but certain things can be what we say activated or deactivated. Mm-hmm. And that basically means that, that, I mean, the statistics are huge that with Alzheimer's, 90%, 95% of people, I think it was, who develop Alzheimer's do not have the hereditary gene for it, 
what has happened throughout their lives is that they've lived a lifestyle in which that has been activated certain things in their body have been activated or deactivated and that has then happened essentially and um, it's the same with cancers it's the same with yeah lots of different things um so with the over exercising thing that could be a contributor oh hugely yeah i mean that's something that you and i speak about quite a lot is the I mean, it's big, been something for us as well. Is that over exercise could massively contribute, yeah. just as much as under exercise. You know, it's it's a definitely there's a spectrum there, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just people that are running loads of marathons. I was saying to you guys yeah. this morning when you arrived, I just ran ten miles, but for the first time in over a year, which was amazing. And I jumped right <laughs> up though, and I felt fine at the time. And I got back and I thought I'm going to throw up. I wasn't sick, but I felt really sick yeah. for ten minutes before I got in my shower and. That was probably me just jumping up too quickly just yeah. because I've been running out of time yeah. and it happens in three weeks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've launched a podcast in a book. Like <laughs> been pretty full on. Probably quite a busy year to yeah. attend. Wonder Woman. <laughs> but I was thinking maybe when I get to the actual day, I'll just not take my garment and just run it to enjoy it rather than running yeah. to get sub two yes. or something. Um, but that gets me thinking, you know, if I was to do that constantly now, fair enough today, right, I'm probably going to take a break for a day or two and yeah. I'm not going to run 10 miles. For, yeah. Um, but there's people that probably do, you know, they're doing ultra marathons all the time. When do yes. you know if you've, I think you're, as an ex-athlete? The body tells you, doesn't it? Do we call you an ex-athlete or are you still an athlete? <laughs> what's your really official? No, well, let's call me an ex because I'm, I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do other things. <laughs> yeah, I made that decision. I suppose it's, you've got to ask yourself why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to do your half? Are you doing it for a time? Are you doing it for fun? What are you doing it for? And why are those people are doing ultras all the time? Maybe a bit, a bit of enjoyment in there, but if you're going to do an ultra, you're going to have to give yourself a significant amount of rest. And, but I think it's like anything, it's about finding that balance. I mean, if you're, if you're an athlete and you're doing it for a purpose, you want to get a time or you want to improve performance all the time, then then you, you have to be working towards something. Mm-hmm. But if this is a hobby or it's an enjoyment thing, um, then you have to sort of analyse what you're doing it for. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something in that as well that we've spoken about, about the kind of idea of external affirmation. Mm-hmm. And that really links into a lot of the social media stuff and a lot of the enhancement stuff at the moment is that I think a lot of people today really struggle to internally affirm themselves. They can't big themselves up. They can't give themselves that positive affirmation. Mm-hmm. So they look externally for it. Mm-hmm. And that, that I won't rant, I won't rant about Love Island, but that goes into a lot of Love Island stuff that these guys, you know, they work out every day in the gym for six months before they go on national television mm-hmm. all day, basically, just to then get affirmation from the masses and a, a misguided contract, you know, it's... Mm-hmm pretty much so and people are <laughs> obsessed with it I obsessed i didn't watch it no i didn't watch it i didn't have fomo but if you're missing out someone asked me what that meant because i put it no fomo's big uh, it's in the dictionary yeah um so i didn't but i feel like people are drawn to it so is drawn to it because they love looking at them or is it the, i don't know i don't know i'm not sure i've never really been into the real reality tv thing i don't know what do you think do you think it was a bit of an outside looking in? But I watched it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I watched it. And the, you get a really stereotypical view of what it's like. People have got no chat, no brain in their head. 
mm-hmm. at all that are on there. Some of the things that come out with you, like, wow. Really? You're, you're just that unintelligent. But are we all like that? We're not all like that. Um, but a vast majority, like, from what I've seen, seem to be like that. It's just all about, uh, and it's this constant chat about what's your type. Uh, <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> it is pretty soul destroying TV. <laughs> So what's your type, and do they answer just physical things? Uh, some, no, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, they're, 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 there's a little bit of... Oh, got to be funny, got to be... Like, but it's mostly about physical attributes and, and how they look aesthetically. But, but I think I've also caught a glimpse of... And I, I do say that, caught a glimpse of the Australian person... <laughs> This is the first time we're talking about yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just cut TV. And I thought, what? And I quickly looked at it to draw a comparison. And the, the first thing I noticed was that they filmed the girls doing exercise, like a lot of yeah. exercise. Mm. And that is Australian culture, culture yeah. compared to women here possibly seem to be more just glamorous rather than get involved physically uh-huh. but the, the Australian girls were doing dips and shuttle runs and pull ups and press ups and it was like wow, never saw any of that it was always, you only saw the guys going into the gym and the girls all sort of lounging around uh, and just uh, not eating very much well, I was going to say that, well, somebody pointed that out yeah, they, don't, don't see them they don't see them, you don't ever you see them eating them when uh, it's part of the programme or somebody has to cook a meal for the group, mm. you don't see them eating and of course, the other bit we talked about is mm. when the adverts come on, mm. what has been promoted during the adverts. Oh, really? Yeah. What was I got um, you to do. got you to do a bit of research on this for me that night. <laughs> what was it? Was it? So not slumming shakes or slumming like... Slumming shakes was... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Plastic surgery. Plastic surgery. <gasps> yeah. Yes, it's just... And the other thing, <laughs> we're on we're on which, it. which has become normalised now, they don't make a big deal of this, but when a couple got to spend a night away, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much a chance to have sex in a sort of private room, uh, a more glamorous room, that's what became normalised now. Before it was a big thing, now like they're away, they're away at sex. But the thing I've talked about with my wife as well is like, you have your soon your kids are going to be watching this sort yeah. of thing and thinking all this that's very normal is, and I want to look like that yeah. it's okay to have sex after a couple of and it's okay not to eat anything and just smoke and drink all day and just sunbathe and yeah. it's okay for the only and I feel really strongly about this because I'm so into positive psychology but in no way is anybody's only interesting attribute the way they look or how big their arse is or how nice their boobs are I'm sorry what a load of rubbish like that that's not the most interesting part of you and it never will be mm-hmm. but we're in a culture where that's what we're promoting there like you're saying that people are that's all they are they've become their butt mm-hmm. <laughs> you know all kim kardashian jokes aside like that is what is happening is that people are becoming one thing about themselves and it's becoming normal to have sex on national television but and that that butt that you see yeah. hers isn't her butt isn't our butt anyway that's a photoshop but yeah her butt in reality is horrendous yeah <laughs> It's absolutely horrendous. It's, it, it's yeah. like somebody's stuffed two large cushions <laughs> in there, and that's her. That's her butt. But and every she's got was it, was it? Was it somebody started taking pictures of her on a beach during a during a shoot? 
So her own photographer was there who would do all the photoshopping, but other people started taking pictures of her and they went and their ass just looked horrendous. But it's that I find really sad because actually Kim Kardashian is a beautiful girl. She's always been a beautiful woman and yeah. actually she's very talented. She's really savvy and, and she's a businesswoman. She's incredibly savvy. She has all these incredible qualities, but she has been pushed into essentially a line of work where she's told that she has to enhance herself and she feels she has to enhance herself. My sister's gone the same way. It's the younger I, sister. Yeah. Who's your younger sister? You're asking the wrong question to me. So there's Kim and then there's... Hey, Kim, Chloe. Uh, but it's, these are the younger ones coming up through. It'll be like internet sensation. She so has been changed, I'm sure. Don't changed. quote me. Like, like through plastic surgery yeah. since she was 16. And that's horrendous. And it's the same for men, though. I mean, we're very, speaking very focused on women, like but... Him. All yeah, no, like but it's it's the same for men though as yeah. well. That I think we're all there. There's such a push to be pushed into a certain mold and to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And a nobody, we don't all need to look the same. I mean, life would be so dull if we all looked the same. Mm-hmm. But b everybody has much more interest and attributes and qualities than just the way they look. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice to look nice, and don't get me wrong, I like to look nice, but that's not my only interesting attribute, and it never will be. And we shouldn't be living in a society that's where we're, where we're only promoting one's ours yeah. essentially because yeah. that's what we're doing and i think that's what we're really pushing now, getting a big ass it is it's become a thing you mean trying to grow yours well listen it's not my thing to have, uh, have a big ass. To have a personally i know there's, there's people out there that would like it Every, there's something me, for everyone to me like you need to earn that big ass <laughs> like you need to go to the gym and earn that big ass if you want it don't go to a surgeon don't start piling on the pounds to get that like you've got to earn yeah. it but all joking it. aside as well you know that a lot of these go pre- lift. no but all these procedures are very dangerous yeah. over exercise is very dangerous you know all these things are damaging and i think that's that was one of the big things for us when we started the company was we were like this is going to be really controversial but we want to push against the grain of this mm-hmm. we've done the whole let's take our tops off and <laughs> look great and we've been there and actually that's not where we're at anymore and that's not what we want to promote and we are in a better, I think we're both in a better place within ourselves, but also we want to help other people be in that better place as well. Yeah, I think it's amazing. I think people, you'll be able to help so many people. I mean, I've written a list at the start, actually, when we were talking <laughs> about the sort of people that would come to you, but I mean, there's so many. Yeah. It's just, if, you, if you're not, as you say as well, it's not waiting mm. till you are in a place where you're really unhappy with your body no, or your no. mind. It's, it's coming for anything, yeah. really, because you've so yeah. much people so much to offer well i think it's it's you know taking that look at yourself and going okay i'm not in crisis or i'm not at the worst place i could be but if i can see myself going in that direction mm-hmm. where do i want to be that's not that and how do i get there and what do i want to focus on and that was why we wanted to create the package that we created of you know personal training counseling and nutritional therapy because the, it, you know mental and physical health isn't just one part of that it's all of that and it's always been all of that yeah. um but you really work hand in hand don't they oh hugely hugely and we, you know, we're doing our market research at the moment. We're doing a lot of advertising. We're trying to just figure out who wants to, you know, who would want to work with us. And we were quite surprised that, you know, actually a huge part of our market base is mums and dads. I think by them, because we just give so much to our kids. Yeah. We're getting less sleep. You know, we're trying to balance it with Totally. Them. It's a balancing act. And you really need to nurture your mind. 100%. 
And also when you're raising kids, you want to be a role model. Yeah. I mean, Bonnie wants to start running, not because I see exercise as good, but because she sees me go. Yeah. She sees me, oh, I'm a bit tired, but I'm going to go because I'll feel a bit. I never say to her because yes. I want to look great. Yeah. I say, yes, mommy, I'll feel so much better. Oh, mommy, I'm really, ah, I want to come. And she, it's oh, a treat to her. She comes. She's like, mommy, I really <laughs> That's really that. sweet. And uh, it's been like that for a few years since I started running. Oh. And if I go to the gym... Oh, mommy, you go to the gym, you enjoy the gym. Yeah. It's good for you, mommy. Yeah. What class are you doing? You're doing Blaze, I'll try that one day. Yeah. She you can know, see it makes you feel better. She sees. It's, yeah. all, it's all a mental health. Totally. You have to be so careful what we say to our kids. Oh, massively. So careful what we say and what we expose them to. And, I mean, what would you say about My little girl uh, can't wait to get in the gym. Oh, I know. She's going to be four next month. Oh, bless And it's it purely just like you say, she sees, oh, we've got a gym in the house. Um, so she sees me going in, uh, she sees her mum going in, uh, and she, I've let her in a couple of times to play with a couple of things under heavy supervision, <laughs> and everything. Um, but she, she's, she understands that uh, she wants, she comes out with, I want to do my training. Mm-hmm. She's only three, I mean, she's not doing anything apart from running about in the garden at the minute, but yeah. she's already got it in her head, I want to be like mommy and daddy, I want yeah. to Jillian used to be a GB hip athlete. Mm. Yeah, she's, she's got that background. Oh. So she's already seeing, well, mummy's fit, mummy's mm. trains well, mm. uh, mummy eats well. Mm. And these messages are all coming through the house. Yeah. So she's already like... You really see it when you speak to her as well. I mean, we were having a nice little chat over a banana muffin the other day, just casual. And uh, she was, you know, she was just sitting saying, but what's in the muffin? And I said, well, we'll talk about what's in the muffin. And then she's like, hold on, you're having curry. What's in your curry? And then we were just kind of <laughs> having a good chat about food. Uh, but well, she was, she was so intrigued. Raw carrot in the <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was just loving it. She's she's so already so informed and passionate and curious about food and exercise and happiness and contentment. And I think that's really lovely. Yeah, I'm quite happy about that that sort of side of things. I mean, Jillian's always cooked things from from scratch and using whole foods and yeah. never wanted any processed crap going near the kids and um, did I have an extremely sweet tooth so she's, <laughs> she's got that but it's not often you see kids going into like, buffets and things and munching on the broccoli or munching on yeah. the carrots um, and that's my kids yeah, like, I love that that's I'm, I'm impressed with it every time yeah. I see it yeah. but that has to come from you like you're saying that comes from you guys and I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, for parents especially, when we've been chatting to parents and doing a bit of market research, that's what they've said, is that, you know, yeah, I want to be happier in myself and I want to be healthier and figure out who I am again because becoming a parent's huge. Oh, it's massive. It's, it's so, life-changing. so life-changing and it completely alters your identity and who you are and um, and certain parts of yourself. And, yeah, they're saying, I want to figure out who I am a wee bit more again and have a better sex life. And, yeah. you know, and, and but that all really filters down to your kids as well. Your kids seeing you happy and content and... And energised. And energised, yeah. yeah. And curious. And what you and yeah. Nice. Especially where we're in this huge struggle at the moment in, in physical health where, you know, I can't even remember the percentage. I know that's shocking for me. <laughs> but there's a the percentage <laughs> the percentage of young women and girls who stop doing exercise when they turn about 13 is awful and it's because of the culture we live in and it's because it's not seen as, as cool or acceptable or interesting or glamorous but it's I, used to, well, I used to work in school sport as well and those figures 
always shone through yeah. mm-hmm. that we reach in high school and it's just sort of culture of a, I don't want to be seen as getting sweaty, sweaty or, yeah. or, so people hated PE it was yeah. like oh yeah. yeah and then parents backing that up with yeah. like they'll write them letters because their daughter son or daughter didn't want to do PE that yeah. day well, yeah. it's really worrying but and it's I think purely because yeah. I didn't want my makeup to run off but I didn't want to yeah. get a bit sweaty that day yeah. But also that fear of judgment, I think, as well, for, for boys and girls, that fear of judgment of, am I overweight? And young children and young people thinking they're overweight. I mean, I sent you a statistic, what, yesterday, one of my super fun, interesting texts that I sent, which was uh, about um, statistics of antidepressants for under 12s. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The, the number of antidepressants for under 12s has skyrocketed in the past couple of years. I think it was it went up by 198,000 or something. That don't, Adela, don't quote me on that, anybody, because it was... In th- I'll double-check that. <laughs> but it was something roughly around that. And that's under 12s. You know, and you're thinking, well, what's going on? There's something happening. So, yeah. So we both work with young people in that side of our life, and in the other non-home side of our life, we work with children and young people. Um, but I think in this side of things, definitely, we're finding our market bases: mums and dads, professionals. Yeah. Mental health support is cretin. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I when I'm when I'm not doing homes, I work at Edinburgh Rape Crisis. Mm-hmm. So I work with children and young people who are 12 to 18 and we do, we, you know, we get a lot of referrals from other organisations and it does filter through because, yeah, mental health support at the moment is just a breaking point. Yeah. Um, there's not enough counsellors being employed or funded. Um, you know, mental health, some of our amazing NHS mental health professionals are underpaid, they're overworked. Um, the balance is just all wrong. It's um, crazy, it's scary. It's so that's terrifying. Why we want people stepping up. So yeah. And I still do a lot of home visits mm. out to try and you know, reach out to you know people who won't leave the house yeah so and the homes that you walk in are wide and varied mm-hmm. uh, and the issues are surrounding them are, are wide and varied as well but the the rise in young people with anxiety and depression i can only speak for edinburgh is that's it's huge. Unbelievable. Why do you think that is? I mean, that's a whole. I mean, I could have a whole other podcast on that. But <laughs> look at your face. I mean, the, there was a really good article, and I wish I could remember who wrote it. But if you, if they do listen to your podcast, then thank you for this amazing article. But uh, they wrote an article on. Um, they called it crap life syndrome. And it was in Therapy Today and my really cool counselling magazine. And they spoke about the idea of crap life syndrome that children, young people, and adults aren't aren't on the whole anxious or depressed they gave examples of there's a young boy in school who he came to his counsellor and he said I'm depressed I'm anxious and she said okay tell me more about that and it transpired that he wasn't particularly academically minded he was very practical he was very skilled very talented with his hands and school were telling him well if you don't get good grades you're not going to go to university and if you don't go to university you're not going to get a good job and if you don't have a good job how are you going to provide for your family he was 13 years old or something what a pressure what a pressure yeah and suddenly it's that kind of again it's culture coming back on us and and he kind of stepped back with his counselor and went well actually hold on are my anxious and depressed or am i under pressure because of what's being seen me and there was another good example of a young girl who she came on and said you know i'm, I'm anxious and depressed one of the two i can't remember it and they had said, okay, well, tell me more about what your day-to-day looks like. And she said, well, you know, I spend most of my day on social media. Yeah, I knew you were going to say there that. There you go. And it's just like, well, comparing, yeah. Yeah, comparing. And looking and for likes, getting that rush. Totally. And in our initial assessment that we've made up for Honed, it's a big part of what we speak about with people initially is, how's your sleep? How's your diet? How much do you sleep at night? Where do you keep your phone? <laughs> do you keep it in the bedroom? Do you keep it in the room? How much spend, time do you spend on social media? Mm-hmm. That is a question that you need to ask. Yeah. 
And it's funny because now that I do that in my own counselling work anyway, but my husband, who's a GP, he now takes that into his own work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he started asking people, actually, how much time are you spending on social media? Or how right, are you? That's and powerful. It's really interesting. And he said that the conversations, I mean, 10 minute consultations are not ideal for anybody, but what he can do in those 10 minutes by asking more specific questions is, is pretty groundbreaking by just, yeah, having that chat. Amazing. Well, guys, this has been great. Oh, wow, we've, spoke, we've spoken on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Waffling. The thing is, the time flies so quickly. We could talk easily another hour. I know. Um, I really appreciate that, guys. Oh, thank it's you. brilliant having you Oh, it's been lovely. with a wee song. And um, just thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Oh, my leg.